0: Hey, welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Burt Alcorn, and today is Wednesday, September 9th. Um, We are, in short, we are doing a re-release of a bunch of old episodes back from April and May. And that series that we're releasing is called Come Back Stronger, and it's all about how do we embrace the work God wants to do in and through us No matter what the circumstances, but in particular, the circumstances that we find ourselves here in 2020 with racial injustice, with coronavirus, with wildfire after wildfire, with an election season coming up and so many more things that uh, we have probably forgotten about by now. And so this series Come Back Stronger is all about how do we actually embrace the work God wants to do in and through us embracing this season of chaos, confusion, um, embracing our own limitations, either who we are or the limitations placed on us in life, and actually partnering with the Holy Spirit to come out of this stronger, healthier, more thriving, um, and and flourishing as a follower of Jesus. And so really it really comes out of this idea of we want to become resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the Spirit. And the reason we re-released it is a few weeks back, for our local community here in Ventura, uh, we did a couple of weeks on becoming a non-anxious presence in our city. And basically we said we we do that. we We called out some of the cultural issues and idols that are happening. And we said how we counter form and counter habit and counter practice, all of those different things is by becoming a person of peace. And a person of peace is like Jesus. And how do we become more like Jesus? Well, it is being connected to Jesus. How are we connected to Jesus? Well, it's all these different habits and practices that we integrate in our life. And we laid out a community rule of life. What we as a community is, as a local community here in Ventura, but also as a community of anyone who might be listening to this podcast, what we are actually embracing as um, not only um something that would be nice for our discipleship, but actually essential to our discipleship. And we talked about how we change, and that starts with saying yes and partnering with the Holy Spirit and embracing and being formed by teaching, living in community, and actually doing something, practice. And so we've been taking each day to re-release an episode on a practice that we've done. And so, so far we've talked about Bible before phone, about parenting your phone, cultivating a gratitude ritual, limiting news, screen time, and escapist behaviors, practicing regular generosity. And today's episode is all about prayer and fasting. Now, prayer and fasting, um, maybe the first half probably is not unfamiliar if you are a follower of Jesus. The second one, fasting, is, is probably... Um, an underutilized discipline, a forgotten discipline, and a maybe an abused discipline, or certainly one that does not get a lot of time and attention in our modern-day Christianity. So I would encourage you to press into this episode here. See what it means to walk by the Spirit, to embrace this ancient discipline, to break the power of our flesh, our desires, our sins, our cravings, and to actually feed on the Holy Spirit. And as, a, as it pertains to like a community rule of life, I would, I would advise, I would recommend, I would encourage uh, anyone listening to actually integrate a day of fasting. So 24 hours, skipping two meals. Traditionally, if you go like a sundown to sundown kind of fast, so you skip breakfast and lunch. Um, so, you know, you pick a day and you eat dinner and the next day you skip breakfast and lunch and then you eat dinner again and kind of break that fast, maybe with a moment of remembrance or celebration or thankfulness or whatever. But in the place of fasting from breakfast and lunch, you actually take the time that you would normally eat breakfast or sip your coffee or whatever it is uh, and devote that to prayer. To take the time that you'd normally eat lunch and actually devote that to prayer. And now, more than ever, this is a practice that is, I believe, really crucial and integral to the life of a believer to continue breaking the power of the flesh and feasting on the Spirit. And so... Whether it's once a week or every other week or once a month, find a rhythm that works for you and actually apply it and, and live it out. Now, here's what I would recommend. And this is what I would tell our church when we prepare for like all church fasts and that sort of thing: is to figure out what's most comfortable for you, what, what it would be easy, what would be actually feel really doable and level up one. So if you say like, oh man, once a month actually, um, that feels, I could totally do that. You know, that seems really easy. I'm going to integrate that, boom. Then maybe level up and, and go like every other week. Like push yourself just a little bit Uh, And I would really bet most of you accidentally fast a day anyway. I don't know if anyone else kind of, I just sip a cup of coffee, blaze through some work, and I look at my watch and it's 3 p.m. and I'm like, well, it's too late for lunch. I might as well just wait till dinner. A lot of us accidentally fast. And so be intentional with this and pick a a rhythm that works for you and maybe level up one um, just to to press yourself and to force yourself to be in a place of need um, to hear from the Spirit. And so here is the episode on prayer and fasting. Happy Monday. Hello. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Bert Alcorn. Today is Monday, May 11th. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to listen along with us, uh, to engage uh, with me on this journey of of cultivating practices in our life that are going to help us come back from this season stronger. Whatever back looks like, whatever quote unquote normal looks like, we want to come back stronger, not weaker, more mature, not more immature, and thriving, not limping. We don't want to waste this time that God may be doing some amazing things in us. We don't want to waste this moment to not meet him in that work and come out of this stronger, more mature, and thriving if you are new to the Anthem Daily Podcast, we started this, uh, or really, I started it, uh, just an idea that spurred on to say, like, what, what if we actually took advantage of the season that we're in to grow, to become more resilient disciples who remain faithful in the face of intense cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the spirit? And so it just started with this. What if we just offer a, a thought, a scripture, a question, a prayer, uh, an interview, maybe a practice just to move us towards that direction. And really, that's culminated in this really specific goal of like, how do we come back from this season stronger? How do we actually like th- thrive and, and move forward in our apprenticeship to Jesus, not in spite of, but because of the season that we're in? And this kind of movement to become more like Jesus is what the New Testament calls transformation or sanctification. And transformation takes two things. It takes participation and intentionality, which means it won't happen without us, participation, and it doesn't happen by accident, intentionality. And so how we move in that direction is to start by saying yes to God, to the work he wants to do in us and through us. We partner with the Holy Spirit and the change and the work he is already doing in our life. And we embrace this paradigm of change, of teaching, community, and practice. That we hear and learn new information, are challenged by the scriptures and the worldview from God. We do this and work this out together with other believers and community, and we actually practice. We put into uh, our life actual habits, rhythms, and rules as a sort of trellis to support our apprenticeship to Jesus. And so where we've been so far as we're talking about these practices that we're building into our life or the cultivating a a rule of life, if you will, together to borrow some language from the church fathers. And where we've been before is talking about uh, every day, reading the Bible, spending time in the Word before our phones, a Bible before phone. It's the simple practice of reading a psalm and spending five minutes in silence before God, before we open our phone. <clears throat> and on top of that, leveling up and parenting your phone, which is setting rules, boundaries and guidelines for your phone, not letting it set those things for you. We've talked about cultivating a gratitude ritual to combat fear, anxiety, envy, and the desire for more grasping and to actually cultivate a gratitude ritual in our life talked about limiting news, screen time, and escapist behaviors and not giving in to the Netflix hole or the YouTube hole or the Instagram hole that is our life right now. And we talked about a practice of regular generosity to free ourselves from the grasp of materialism, the hold, the stronghold that materialism has on us and to meet God, become more like him and to meet him in the work that he's doing in us and through us. Today, one the rule we are talking about, the practice we are talking about is integrating a regular day of prayer and fasting into your life. Now, I'm operating on the assumption that if you follow Jesus, you have a pretty regular prayer life. But throughout the Bible, there is this connection between prayer and fasting. And this practice of fasting seems to be an aid and amplifier to our prayer. It's a way of expressing this whole person hunger to God. And uh, one New Testament scholar, Scott McKnight, he says this about fasting. Fasting is not only delightful, which by the way, oh man. So we've done some all church fasts together over the last couple of years. When I first read that quote, it was before our very first all church fast, which is 14 days uh, of, of prayer and fasting. And I read that quote and I balked at The delightful. Fasting is not only delightful. I said, what? (laughs) Me not eating is not delightful. It's going to be drudgery. It's going to be suffering and sacrifice and pain. (laughs) And it was a little bit. But now having done a few all church fasts and of having integrated a personal rhythm of fasting in my life in a regular and consistent basis, fasting is delightful. There is a sweet moment of making myself more available to the work of the Holy Spirit in a regular basis, a way of expressing a whole person hunger from God when it is so easy in our time and our place to be inoculated to our hunger for God. And he goes on, fasting is not only delightful, but it can liberate us at the deepest level and in life transforming ways. Jesus said this in Matthew 4.4, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he combats the temptation of the enemy, the devil. And he says, man or woman shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Meaning, if you follow Jesus, your primary sustenance is not food, it is God himself. Or to use this exact words, the word that comes from the mouth of God. So we are talking about integrating a regular practice of prayer and fasting in into your life. Not just prayer, not just like a quiet time, not just like prayer with your community group or your church or whatever, but like prayer and fasting together. Now there's two kind of angles to fasting and there's a proactive angle and there's a reactive angle. So I want to start with the proactive angle of fasting. Fasting is an ancient discipline to break the power of the flesh, our desires, sins, cravings, and to feed on the Holy Spirit. This is a conscious, proactive choice to seek the Lord and choose to rely on him for our sustenance, not ourselves. So we believe we, we live in a culture not only of food, but of excess and, and luxury and addiction and into and, and what uh, psychologists call the pleasure principle. Right. But for many of us, the desires of our body have have a, have come to hold like a power over us in the battle with our flesh, we have become its slave, not our master. And we believe actually something different about how we interact with our body and interact with the flesh. So to that end in Galatians chapter five, starting in verse 16, Paul says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So already, right? We have a back and forth black and white yin and yang situation happening here for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The great philosopher and writer Dallas Willard said this, fasting confirms our utter dependence on God by finding him a source of sustenance beyond food. Fasting unto our Lord is therefore feasting. Feasting on him and doing his will. That's so good. Feasting on the Lord. Feasting on him and doing his will. Fasting is a means by which... We, the disciple of Jesus, praise with our entire body. After all, we're not just a spirit and a body. We're a spirit and a, and a body. There's a strong relationship between the physical and spiritual components of our lives. What happens in our bodies often affects our spiritual lives. And often our spiritual lives reveal itself in our physical body. Anxious people get ulcers, right? Jesus knew this very well partially explains why he tells us to fast. There's like a engagement with our body element of not letting the desires of our flesh master us, but instead we master it. So there's a proactive angle. It is a discipline to feast, to break the power of the flesh and to feast on the spirit. But there's also a reactive angle to fasting. Fasting is a means by which the disciple of Jesus prays with their entire body in response to these sacred moments in life. Sacred moments like suffering, or sacred moments like the need for breakthrough. In fasting, the great hunger of the heart and mind for answered prayer permeates the body itself. That there is there's some element where the prayer becomes so intense it affects our entire body. And I love this story out of the book of Ezra. In Ezra chapter 8, we have this moment, starting in verse 21, where Ezra says, "There I proclaimed. Then I proclaimed a fast there, at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king, this is really important, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. And the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted, implored our God for this. And he listened to our entreaty. Did you guys catch that there? Verse 22. I was ashamed to ask the king for help because we had already told him God will help us. So we fasted and and implored our god for this and he listened to our entreaty the discipline of fasting draws our attention to both spiritual and our physical being in fasting the great hunger of the heart and mind for answered prayer permeates the body itself fasting fosters this internal intimacy this quiet space in which god's voice has more room God's relational and like any other intimate relationship, we hear one another better when we focus our entire person on the other. Think about this. If you're married um, and your, your spouse says, hey, I, I want to talk to you about something really serious or something that's on my heart or something really, whatever, like a big deal thing. And you say, okay, and you sit on the couch and the whole time your spouse is talking, you're on your phone, you're responding to text messages Like we'd look at that and go like, you are a jerk. Like pay attention, focus your whole self on this person. I think in the same way, when we don't have times carved out just for God, it's a way of not giving him our full attention. Or or better yet in the positive sense, fasting fosters this internal intimacy where we give him our entire person, our entire attention. So fasting is not a hunger strike, but it's a way of expressing to God our hunger for him to move in our life. So fasting in the Bible has this reactive and proactive angle to it. And oftentimes it's partnered with prayer, specifically in moments where breakthrough is needed, but it's also a way to just create room for God to speak in clear and greater ways. So this is, this is your practice this is the rule building in the prayer and fasting. Now, what I'm not going to do quite yet, I, I, I thought about challenging you to do it a certain, at a certain interval, but I want to leave that up to you. So pick one day per week or one day per month or whatever rhythm makes sense to pray and fast. So I'm going to use the example of one day per week, but once again, use, pick a rhythm that works for you. But I would recommend once a week, once a day, every other week, something like that, something frequent enough for it to actually become a rhythm and a habit. If you do it, say, oh, I'm going to do it one day, once a year. That's not actually a habit. So do one day a week, one day every other week, or one day a month or something like that. So pick an interval to pray and fast. So on the fasting front, what you're doing is fasting from breakfast and lunch. So it's a 24 hour fast. So, you, so say you're fasting on Tuesday, you'd eat dinner Monday, and then you'd eat dinner again on Tuesday. And so you're taking the day part of Tuesday to fast. Um, And what you're going to do is during the times you'd normally be eating is to devote that time to worship prayer or scripture reading and and not scripture reading like you're going to catch up on your Bible reading plan or whip out the commentaries or anything, but like with the intent of meeting with God scripture. So Lectio Divina, spend some time in some Psalms and just make space to meet with God. So take a day. So let's say it's Tuesday. As an example, you'd eat dinner Monday, you'd fast breakfast and lunch, and then eat dinner again on Tuesday. And then during that breakfast and lunch slot, you're carving out time to be present with God in prayer and scripture or in worship or a combination of all three. Now, if you've never fasted before, this seems really intimidating but it's actually, it's actually not that intimidating. It's, a one-day fast is not too bad, especially if you've ever had those days where you've accidentally skipped meals, maybe because of busyness or meetings or kids or work or whatever. And this is a little bit more difficult because uh, you're not just skipping it because you're so, so, so busy, but you're actually intentionally skipping those meals so that you can sit and be present with God. And just as a like practical tip, every time you feel those hunger pains in your stomach, like that's a prompt to meet with God. That's like, oh, that's right, I'm fasting, I'm hungry, I want to be hungry for God. So your next steps is pick pick a day per week, every other week, once a month for prayer and fasting. You're going to fast from breakfast and lunch that day, and you're going to, during those times you'd normally be eating, spend time present with God in prayer, scripture, and worship. Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Anthem Daily Podcast.